Welcome to Passion Life Church. This morning, we're going to continue talking about what the Bible says and calls strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. And we've been talking about the power of your thought life and how important that is. I wonder, even today, it's about what, 10.30 in the morning? And I wonder how many thoughts you've already had just trying to get here in the morning. Oh, I got up late. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Oh, what's the temperature outside? Oh, what am I going to wear? Are the kids ready? Oh, oh, oh what am I going to do today after church? What's the plan? Oh, okay, worship has started. I will build my life upon. Oh, did I change my kid's diaper? Oh, I think I didn't. Oh, I think, oh, oh my goodness. Okay, my house upon your love. Are we going to, do we have enough money today to go out to eat? I don't know if we're going to have to do it. And you were firm found. Foundation. Oh, worship's over? Wow, that was fast. That was, worship went by really fast today. I wonder what, what, what time? Oh, it's 10.30. Okay, so I got about an hour. All right, then we'll go eat lunch. And I wonder if I'm going to meet so-and-so afterwards. And, and then, oh, okay, here's the offering bucket. Oh, oh yeah. And, and, and I just wonder how many thoughts are going through your head, even just being here and this morning. Because we all are having thoughts, and they're coming from all different, uh, different ways. And, you know, the Bible talks about how, how, how important our thought life is. And I think we have to think about what we're thinking about. Because how we feel is actually directly connected to what we're thinking. Your mind is the leader or forerunner for all your actions. How many know before you go someplace, your mind goes there first? Your thought life goes there first. And our actions are really a direct result of our thoughts. Thoughts, And I really believe that we fail to realize that what's going on in our soul, which the Bible calls our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, I really believe that we, uh, what's going on in our mind can limit us from walking in all that God has for us spiritually. A lot of people think, well, if God wants to do something, he's just going to do it. Yes, you are a spirit, but you are a three-part being. You are a spirit. That's the real you. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and then you live in this body. And God wants to minister to our whole being. So he wants to do something in your spirit, and he is this morning. But guess what? You're going to have to process that through your thoughts and through your mind. And so for many people, this is where they get stuck. They're stuck spiritually, but the reason why they're stuck spiritually is because they have strongholds in their mind. And why is this so important? Listen to this scripture. The Bible, I, I mean, this scripture, sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, whoa, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says this, as he or a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And you are never going to rise above the image you have of yourself in your own mind. You're never going to rise above that. As a matter of fact, you're going to speak and act as the person you think you are. As the person you think you are. You know, psychiatrists have proved that you will most consistently perform in a manner that is in harmony with the image that you have of yourself. That you're going to consistently perform. Not, listen, it's not even what others think about you. It's what you think about you. 
And here, this is God's thoughts towards you. But do you think the thoughts of God? That's important. Why? How is it important? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I've talked with people as a pastor. They tell me, Pastor Phil, God could never forgive me after everything that I've done. And so there is such a great forgiveness that God has poured out, but they can't receive it because what they have done, listen, what they have done outweighs what Jesus has done. Their sin is actually in their mind bigger than the cross of Christ. But see, if you'll make a shift and say the cross of Christ and his forgiveness is bigger than my sin, you'll receive his forgiveness. So our thoughts matter. And we've looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Paul, the apostle Paul, starts to write about strongholds. And he says this, he says, For we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. In other words, all of us here are in the flesh. We're in the body. But the Bible also tells us that we're not supposed to walk after the flesh. We're in the flesh, but we're not supposed to walk after it. And then verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Everybody say that word with me. Say mighty. Come on, say it like you are. Say mighty. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, the Bible talks about strongholds in heavenly realms. We definitely do believe that. We do believe that there are principalities and powers. But if you read the Bible, you understand that all of those are defeated because of what Jesus did. Right? So we don't have to be afraid of those. But that your biggest challenge is not principalities and powers in the heavenlies. Your biggest challenge is the strongholds that are in your mind. And what the Bible says is that God has given you the powerful weapons, the authority to be mighty. And the weapons are mighty. You have the authority and the power to pull down these thoughts that doesn't go with what God says. You know, I like looking up words in the Greek dictionary because the New Testament is, was written in Greek. And this word mighty actually means this. It means I am strong. I am able and I can do it. Let me say that again. I am strong. I am able and I can do it. Would you say that with me? Say, I am strong. I am able and I can do it. Let me say it one more time. I am strong. I am able and I can do it. You are mighty through God. And you have the authority and the power to take these thoughts captive and bring them into what God says about you. And last week we talked about how strongholds are built. We said this, strongholds, according to these scriptures, it all starts with a thought. It starts with your thought life, what you think about. And then if you do not take that thought and bring it into subjection to what Jesus says about that, that thought is going to try to rise up in your mind. It's going to become a high thing. What does it want to do? It wants to exalt itself higher than God's thoughts for you. And so 
this is really the connotation. These thoughts are trying to pull down, right, what God says in your mind and is becoming a high thing. Oh, I'm never good enough. Oh, I can't do it, right? Well, is that what God says about you? No, the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So it starts with a thought, then it tries to become a high thing, and then the Bible says it turns into imaginations. Imaginations, the word there is reasonings. Reasonings always precede your conduct. How does a person get on the 15 full of road rage? How do they think that that's going to solve the problem? Somehow in their mind, they've reasoned that went past the thought, it's already become a high thing, and they think that revenge is the best possibility to solve this issue. It becomes a reasoning. And we'll look at it and go, why did you even think that? In their mind, they have reasoned that it makes sense, even at the extent of hurting their own self. Why? Because it's become a reasoning. That's why you have to take the thought when it enters into your mind and you have to deal with your thoughts. Oh, Pastor Phil, I just can't control what I'm thinking. I can't. They're your thoughts. They're your thoughts. Come on, somebody. You can't control what you think in Jesus' name. You can. And so I want to go a little bit deeper this morning. And I've entitled today, I think another way that we overcome strongholds is by having successful self-talk. And that's what I want to talk today about. I want to talk about successful self-talk. And so when you really break it down, if you think about it, what's really inspiring your thoughts? Usually it's three things. Number one, something that somebody said about you. It could have been something they said about you in the seventh grade and you're still thinking about it, right? So it could be a thought. It could be something that you saw inspires a thought. It could also be something that you've experienced. But today what I wanna focus on is I wanna focus on what we tell ourselves, right? What we tell ourselves and how we speak to our, ourselves. Cause yet whatever is inspiring these thoughts is whatever, when you have these thoughts, somebody said something to you, here's the question. What they said to you, is that what you are saying now to yourself? See, a lot of people are going to say a lot of things to you, but here's what matters, what you say to yourself. A lot of people are going to say things, but you're going to have the thought, but are you saying what they said about you? That's how you know a thought has taken root. Jesus said this. Jesus said when he talked about worry and anxiety, he said, therefore, take no thought. What? Saying. He said, therefore, take no thought saying. So when I'm saying something, I know that the thought has been taken root. Your self-talk is like the soundtrack to your life. And I know I've heard people, man, Pastor Phil, you know, when I put my jam on, I like my jam. I don't know what your jam is that you like to put on, but we all have soundtracks that we love to listen to. I do too. Sometimes I get on the 15 and I know it's not good, but I get my Top Gun soundtrack, I'm just being honest, and I just put on Danger Zone from Kenny Loggins. I don't know if you've heard it. If you haven't, you are missing out. Highway to the Danger Zone, and I get on the 15, and I go the speed limit while I'm listening to that song. Highway to the dun 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 right when I go work out. What do you think I put on? And I put on Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Dun dun dun. That's the soundtrack. Dun dun dun. Man, I feel like Rocky, right? I know <laughs> I look like Nacho Libre, but come on. I'm I'm gonna be Rocky in my brain for just a moment, because that's the soundtrack. 
<laughs> compliment I always get. You know, you look like Jack Black. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, when you're preaching, it reminds me of, of Nacho Libre. See, people say all these things about you, but it's what I say about myself. I'm David Beckham. Come on, somebody. But you have a soundtrack. There's things that you're saying to yourself internally. It's that inner voice that becomes the soundtrack of your life. You know, I love, I always sing to my son. We make up songs. I, I love doing it. And I try to make him laugh. I just found it. We, we have fun together. And uh, sometimes I'll sing songs to him. And the other day we were looking for something and I just said, whoop, there it is. And he looked at me and then I said, shakalaka. Now you guys don't know any about that. And I just went into the shakalaka, shakalaka. And he's like, dad, did you make that up? I was like, no. That's actually songs that we grew up with. So I put it on and we're playing, whoop, there it is, shakalaka. And right, and it just, I'm just telling you, it just changes the atmosphere. I went back to high school real quick. But see, I wonder what the soundtrack of your life is by what you continue to keep saying to yourself and what you continue to keep saying to yourself. Now, I'm sure this morning, I'm not gonna do it, but I'm sure this morning, if I were to ask you, how many of you talk to yourself? Nobody would raise their hand. And some of you actually are even asking yourself right now, do I talk to myself? Yes. If you just did that, you're talking to yourself. I don't know. Do I talk to myself? That, that's talking to yourself. just want to bring that to the light here. But you know what? We, we all do. We all are telling ourselves something all the time. Can I hear a good Amen. And so what I've discovered in the Bible is that the great men and women of God talk to themselves a lot. And depending on what they said to themselves, if they had successful self-talk, they succeeded. But if they were talking to themselves negatively and had a defeatist mentality that they kept telling themselves, they didn't win. And I could give you example after example, but just because we have a short amount of time, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 42, verse 3, and we're going to look at David. You know, the Psalms, uh, the scholars believe that David actually wrote this particular Psalm. This is David <laughs> talking to himself. Now, I love the Bible because the Bible's filled with people who are human, but you know... Um, it recorded their mistakes. It recorded their successes. I don't know if I would want my failures to be read by other people. But this is not just recording David's successes and failures. This is actually recording David talking to himself. And you need to know in this psalm, he's depressed. His enemies are putting pressure on him. Anybody ever have enemies that are putting pressure on you? Right? Let me try it this way. Any of you have sickness that is putting pressure on you? That's an enemy. Come on. You have people talking behind your back. You have friends that you thought were friends, people rejecting you. He is depressed. And I thought, man, if we can look at how David talked to himself and learn, maybe we can have successful, successful self-talk and be a success and break some of these strongholds. Because I'm going to show you how these two things work together. Have you found Psalms chapter 42? That's okay if you haven't. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can look at the big Bible on the screen there. Psalms chapter 42, verse 3, it says this. David's talking. He's talking to himself. Listen. He says, my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. Now, the soul in the Bible can mean your mind. 
right? So he's pouring out his mind. He's thinking these thoughts. He's pouring out these thoughts. He says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. David was a worship leader. David used to lead people to the house of God through praise. And it says with glad shouts, somebody say shouts. Glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Verse five, why are you downcast, my soul? Oh, my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Let's look at what the psalmist is doing because I I love what David is doing inside of himself. And I think that all of us do this, but I think if we'll do it successfully, if we'll have some successful self-talk, we can break through and break strongholds. So let's look at some successful self-talk by how David did it. Here's number one. If you're gonna have successful self-talk, you need to be honest with yourself. David is crying And he literally says, my tears are my food. There's so much tears coming down because of the oppression and depression that he is feeling, that he is, he's just crying. Can I just be honest with you? It's it's tough for men to admit that they'll cry. And David is being honest about where he's at. He's like, I've been crying all day. You know, I truly believe many people don't experience miracles in their lives because they won't be honest enough that they need one. God, here's all he asks, that we acknowledge our need. And for some, that's really tough because if we really look at miracles, right, miracles require humility. And humility comes from an honest place that says, here I am. This is where I'm at. Do you ever go to the mall and you don't know where to go? And you look at the map and it says, you are here. I thought, no, I thought I was, no, you're here. See, in order for God to move us to where he wants us to be, we've got to find out where we are right now. And so David is being honest with himself and he is admitting Look, this is where I am. And this is where it starts. And he's being honest about where these voices are coming from. He's like, people are telling me, where is God? At this point in your life, you're depressed, you're, you're oppressed. You should be asking this question. Well, God, where are you? And this is what he is processing. But notice what he's doing. He is evaluating where the voices are coming from. He is looking at and saying, am I gonna be inspired by these outcomes? outside voices. Not everybody that says things to you, do you need to allow it to inspire you? Not every voice that's talking is a voice that is saying what God is saying. And here's what he does. David has successful self-talk because he's not going to allow, I want you to listen to this, here's where it's successful. David comes to a decision. He says, I'm not going to allow what they say to be what I say. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit here and say, where is God? What I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on his presence. Now, remember when Jesus asked his disciples, he had got all the disciples together, and he asked two questions. I thought this was very interesting. He asked the guys, all right, guys, come here. I want to ask you a question. So who do people say that I am? 
What is the outside world saying? right? Who are they saying? And then some said, well, some said you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others, uh, you know, Jeremiah. Other, somebody said, you're my homie. You know, I mean, and they're making t-shirts, Jesus, that say, Jesus is my homie. One is, it's saying you're the prophet. And then he looks at them, watch this, and he says this. He says, who do you say that I am? You're telling me what they say, but my question is, do you say what they say? Because if you just think I'm Elijah, because that's what they say, you will never experience who I am. Because what you're saying is just a product of what other people are saying. And then Peter rises up. He says, you are the son of God. Why? Because he gets a revelation from heaven and he starts to speak what heaven says. Heaven says, this is the son of God. Well, I'm going to speak what heaven says, not what they say. And so Peter says, you are the son of God. Can I ask you a question? Have you evaluated the voices in your life? Oh, Pastor Phil, I don't hear voices. Yeah, you do. You do. Some of you hear the voice of Drake. Some of you hear the voice of Sean Hannity. Some of you hear the voice, right? Come on. You hear the voice of Wendy's. You hear the voice. There, there's voices all around us. Right? All of the commercials, we, we hear voices. You hear the voices of your mother-in-law. You hear the voices of your grandmother. Oh, well, Pastor Phil, she passed away like 10 years ago. I know, and her voice is still playing as a soundtrack in your mind. And have you evaluated the voices that are coming into your life? And this is what David does, right? He's evaluating the voices. And can I just help you today? You will be depressed if you're listening to the wrong voices. If you accept those thoughts, if you start to say what they say, I hear people say that all the time. Well, I'm just depressed. Why, why are you saying that? Well, that's just how I feel. Well, you know what? That comes from a thought. And that's not successful self-talk. That's defeating self talk. And here's what you need to do. Number one, not just be honest with yourself, but here's number two. What David does is you need to remind yourself of God's presence in your life. Can I hear a good amen? Verse four, he starts to talk about, wait, 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 I'm a leader. You know what? I was leading people into the presence of God. And I love this because he says, we were shouting. And I love what he says. He says, we were festive. That's the kind of church that I believe the church should be. A church that's shouting the name of Jesus. A church that's not like a funeral service when you come in and there's a dead body up there and everybody's like, shh. A church that is festive because of the presence of God. And he starts to remind himself of the presence of God. Do you know it's your choice to choose what you remind yourself of? It's your choice whether you're just rehearsing the soundtrack of the past. It's your choice to decide what's playing in that playlist. And David starts to encourage himself. And this was a pattern in David's life. He would encourage himself by remembering past victories. See, I, I think it's interesting how people will totally quit on God over one situation, and yet God has done so many good things for you. And it's the one thing that you're going to focus on that's negative? Man, he he saved your soul. You're alive today. He's given you mercy and forgiveness. He supplied your needs and you're mad because that person did something to you. What David does is he starts to shift his mind and he starts to focus on the past 
and the presence of God. God was with me. I know these people over here are saying, where is God? Hold on, wait a minute. He's always been with me. And you know what I love about David? He would do this all the time. When Goliath, the giant, needed to be killed, the, um, the, the, the giant would come out, Goliath, and he would, he would mock the, the children of Israel and their soldiers. And David walks into Saul, and he says, I'll go kill that giant. And Saul's like, David, come on, man, you're, you're just a kid. You're just a teenager. And you know what David says? He tells Saul, he tells the king, can I just tell you? And this is what he's, listen, he's speaking. He's having successful self-talk. He's talking to Saul, but he's also talking to himself. He says, I want you to know something. I've already killed a lion, right? At 14 years old, he's already killed a lion. Most people his age would have a, right, a Taylor Swift poster in their room. He had a lion's head in his room that he killed at 14 years old. He tells Saul, he says, I've already killed a bear. That giant will be like one of them. What is he doing? He's reminding himself of the past victory when God was faithful. And that's what you need to do. Can I ask you a question? Has God been faithful to you? Let me see your hands. Has he been faithful? He's been faithful. And so what you need to start telling yourself is God is with me. Here's number three. Is this good this morning? All right, because I'm preaching better than how you're looking at me. Number three, we're honest. We remind ourselves of God's presence. And here's number three, you need to address yourself. This is tough. This is this internal voice. Now he starts to turn on himself and he starts to say, Soul, why are you downcast? Phil, why do you keep thinking that thought? Remember last week we said if we're going to overcome strongholds, we have to attack the thought. This is what David's doing. He's attacking. Soul, why are you downcast? Why do you keep feeling depressed? What he's going to do, he's going to isolate that one thought. What is it? Why is it that one thought that's determining your whole life? What is it? You need to attack it. You need to address yourself. And so what he does is he starts to confront it. Notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't nurse it and rehearse it. 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 You cannot change what you refuse to confront. I'm going to go deeper because I love you. I've been in a lot of situations where, okay, we need to go talk to this person and we need to tell them, I don't know how to tell them. Okay, we're gonna tell them the truth in love. And people would call that a confrontation. We're gonna have a confrontation with this person and we have a confrontation and we start talking to them. Hey, this and that. And guess what? They say, uh-uh, I'm not, uh-uh. See, I can confront you and it have no influence on your life. But if you confront you, things can change. And I don't know when the last time is that you looked inside your heart and your mind and say, why do I think this way? Now there's a lot of excuses, a lot of excuses why we think the way we do. We say the things we do. I hear people say things and listen, I know I'm going to get in trouble by saying this, but I'm already in trouble. So I don't care. I, I hear the things that we say and I don't understand it. And I'm like, well, this is why we act. This is our self-talk. Well, you know what? I drink a lot because that's just part of our culture. That's what our culture does is we drink a lot. So this is what you're telling yourself based on your culture. Can I just tell you this? When you are in Christ, you are a new creature in Christ. I am no longer Puerto Rican, Italian, and Polish. Come on, somebody. Did you hear about the Polak? Never mind. And I am... 
Puerto Rican, Italian, and Polish. But you know what? I am no longer that when I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am a child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ. So whatever the culture does should not affect me. Well, that's just the way we are. We Italians are loud. We just, that's what we do. Come on, keep preaching to yourself. Keep making your excuses. But here's what David does is he starts to address himself. Do you ever start to ask yourself, why are you always late? Why are you always act lazy? Why can't you ever rise up and be a leader? What is it? I know, I know this is tough, but I'm, I'm looking for a church that will grow up and start to do what God has called them to do. You need to start to address yourself. I know I sound mad, but I'm not mad. And you know what's interesting is people will try to address you, but until you address yourself, this is, what, this is what David's doing. He says, so, listen, so you will honor God. So I'm talking to you. This is the internal dialogue. So we sang it today. Hallelujah, my soul will sing. Right? This is why they don't let me on the worship team. That's what we sang today. Because sometimes you got to tell your soul, soul, you're going to praise God. Instead of, oh, I'm just tired. I think some people are tired because you just keep telling yourself that. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Hey, I'm tired too. I'm tired too, but you'll never hear me say it. I stopped asking myself a long time ago how I feel. I don't care. I'm here to serve people and serve the Lord. And and can I just tell you, when you keep telling people that and putting that on people, people don't want to be your friends. Because you want to hang out with someone? No, he's tired. You want to take out? No, she's always tired. No, you want to go to the movies? No, she's tired. Hey, you want to have this person? No, 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 don't invite them. They're always tired. Why are they tired? They keep telling us. They're broadcasting it. Right? You know who I'm talking about, so keep looking straight forward this morning. But you can't change until you attack the thought. And so here's what he did. Number four. He starts preaching to himself. He starts preaching to him. You need to start preaching to yourself. Can I just tell you this morning, do you know who your most influential preacher is in your life? It's you. Oh, Pastor Phil, I love me some T.D. Jakes. Oh, Pastor Phil, I love me some Joyce Meyer. Oh, Pastor Phil, I just love me some Jensen Franklin. I love them all too. And they're preaching at you. But if we're honest, what you say to yourself will always outweigh what anybody else says to you. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to give you a chance to respond because I know that was so deep and so profound. You've never heard anything like it. What (laughs) What you say to yourself outweighs what anyone else says to you. I can tell you all day long about something, but until you tell you, you're not going to do it. Can I just, is, it, is that not true? Is that not true? And so you hear people self-talk. They say, nothing ever works for me. This one's my favorite. Like we're doing a raffle and everybody's got a ticket. Everybody's like, and you always have that one person, I never win anything. I, I just never win. I'm like, cool, give me your ticket. I never win anything. We can never get a break. Here's what you're doing. You're preaching to yourself. You got your own podcast. It's playing in your ears, right? Come on. Watch, this one's a good one all the time. 
If anything could go wrong, it'll go wrong. (laughs) Come on, preach it, somebody. Can I get an amen on that one? Can I get a witness? Everything goes wrong with me. Yeah, I know it because you keep saying it. And you're thinking it and you're saying it. So your whole body is rising up to your own thoughts and your own words. This good this morning? And then we wonder why we have strongholds. David preaches to himself and says, soul, listen, you will. I know you're depressed. I know you feel oppressed. But here, soul, you will honor God. Now watch this. Look at what David does. David keeps saying it. Why? Because as he keeps saying it, he keeps thinking about. See, some of the things you keep thinking about is because you keep saying it. Maybe even you forgot, but you just keep saying it. I read this scripture this week and I thought, wow, look at this scripture. It bears out what I'm saying. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, right? He says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. Woo-hoo. I'm going to read that again because I don't even know if that's what I really said. He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from trouble. So watch this. Are you ready? David, who is depressed and oppressed, talked himself into hope and talked himself out of trouble. Let me say that again. David, who was depressed, talked himself into hope and talked himself out of hope. Can I ask you, what are you talking yourself into? And what are you talking yourself out of? Because if you're not careful, you'll talk yourself out of what God is trying to get you into. God is trying to get you into a new identity, an overcoming identity. Do you know that God never loses? I know that on the third day, it kind of looked like he wasn't going to get up, but he got up and he defeated all principalities, the devil, and he rose again and he defeated death. And our God is an overcomer. You need to get that mindset in you. But I wonder what you're talking yourself out of and what you're talking yourself into. Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Let the weak, what? Let the weak say, I am weak. Oh, I'm so weak. Let me say it again. Like we would probably really say it. I am so weak. But let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Not because I'm all that, but because in my weakness... It's where God's strength thrives in me. So I'm okay with saying I'm weak, but Joel chapter three, verse 10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. My church family, are you learning something today? And we, some of us need to change the soundtrack. Some of us need to switch up the playlist in our our minds. Some of us need to delete certain songs that we keep singing to ourselves and preaching to ourselves. Why? Because our words have power. Some of us, words have been spoken over us and we think about it. But now we have begun to say those very same words over our own life. Our words have power. You know, Proverbs chapter 18 says that death and life are in the power of your tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We did a whole series on fruit. Some of us are living in the fruit of our words. And we don't like it. Can I just say, if you will start speaking life, you'll live in the fruit of life. 
But if you keep speaking death and negativity over your life, you're going to eat the fruit of it. There's another scripture that says we are snared by the words of our mouth. We are entrapped by the very words of our, of our mouth. I was telling somebody this the other day. Come on, it's 50-50. It's not that hard. You're either going to choose to say I'm depressed or you're going to choose to say I'm blessed. You're either going to choose to say I'm stressed or you're either going to choose, say, choose to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. Same amount of error, but why do you always go this way? Why is that your confession? But you need to start to preach to yourself. And I want to close with this today. See, when it comes to the power of our words, you need to know that God's kingdom functions by his word. His kingdom functions by his word. Successful self-talk is always talk that is full of faith, that is full of faith. God is always speaking those things that are not as though they were. Do you think he's calling you by who you were or do you think he's calling you by who he says that you are even though you may not be there yet? See, that's what he does. He's already overcome. You may be in a struggle and you don't feel like you are overcoming, but he says you are an overcomer because he's already overcome. So he speaks that over to your life. So it'll inspire you to start speaking that over your own life. But successful self-talk is talk that's full of faith. See, a true confession of faith always agrees with what God says. See, these are God's thoughts towards you. But this is also God's word to you. I don't know what God's saying. It's right here. It's right here. It's, it's his word. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. Everybody say that word. word. Right here's the word. Come on, everybody say word up. All right, so that was good. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14, it tells us, and the word was made flesh. So who was the word made flesh? That was Jesus, right? So let me say it this way. Jesus is the word. It's alive. He's the word. Now watch this. Since Jesus is the word, and we're talking about self-talk, we're talking about our words. Look at this scripture. It's amazing. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and the high priest of our confession. So not only is he the word, watch this, he is actually the high priest, right? The high priest and the apostle of his confession? Of your confession. Of your confession. I want you to listen to this. If you haven't heard anything I said, I want you to listen to this. Because this is where we come down to. Since Jesus is the word, when I speak contrary to the word, when my self-talk is not lining up with the word, you know what I'm doing? I am limiting what Jesus can do in my life. Because God does not honor Phil's opinion. God honors Phil when he speaks the word. God only confirms his word. He doesn't confirm Phil's theology, philosophies, opinions. I hear people say that all the time. Well, I know what the Bible says, but I think. And who are you? <laughs> but I think. You're 22. Living in your mother. So and all as I'm saying is that you? But God never tells us that he's going to confirm 
your opinion and your thoughts. He's going to confirm his word when I speak it. And so when I speak his word, he's going to confirm it. Watch, when I speak contrary to his word, I'm limiting Jesus to respond to me. So when I am speaking contrary to his word, he's not going to intervene in my life. But when I begin to speak his word, which is really successful self-talk, is speaking what God has already spoken over you. So in overcoming strongholds, not only do I need to think the thoughts of God, I need to speak the word of God. I need to speak what he is saying. Look at this scripture, Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. And what? Confirmed what? Come on, say it. He confirmed what? His word. By signs that accompanied. In my church family, you can break every stronghold in your life, whether it's been there for years, whether it just came this week, with the power of God, you can break every stronghold in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a great round of applause for his word. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.